Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com Rob Kendall, Abdullah Kibbe Shabazz, the program of Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. How's it going? Actually, I have my coffee this morning, so I'm good. Yes, we're uh, a day earlier than normal due to Thanksgiving. And, well, it's timely to be a day early this week because Tuesday was Org Day. Or, as we professionals say, Organization Day. Yes. <laughs> those of us in the business, we simply <laughs> call it Org Day. Now, for those who may not have heard some of our previous programs, what is Org Day? Uh, organization Day usually takes place right after uh, the election, which we just had one recently. And so any lawmakers that come, they choose a speaker, the Senate president, leadership. Uh, also, what they do is they sort of sort of spell out their they swear everybody in, uh-huh. and they also sort of spell out their priorities for uh, what next what they're going to do next session. Okay, so kind of a sneak preview of what the next yeah. three to four months are going to look like, because obviously the legislative session starts in January. Okay, so leadership wise, the, uh, Todd Houston was reaffirmed he will continue to be the Indiana Speaker of the House. Yes, unanimously. And then there was, at least you had reported, there was some drama behind the scenes on the Senate side. Uh, Yes, there was an attempted coup, uh, so to speak, against uh, Senator Rod Bray. Uh, It started out uh, with a thing about Mike Young, because Mike Young voted against the abortion bill uh, the summer during special session. And so there was a caucus to see if Mike was going to be punished, but then some lawmakers complained, well, hey, Lawmakers vote against bills all the time. Right. Why are we, you know, beating up on Mike because of this? So that didn't get resolved. And then uh, going in, they had 23, 21 votes uh, for a new uh, for a new uh, Senate president pro tem. Uh, but they didn't really make the case for it. They just sort of said why Rod was bad. But like I've said before, in politics, just like dating, if I want to convince you to break up with your other boyfriend, i got to tell you why he's bad and why I'm good. So ultimately, yesterday was the day Rod Bray will lead the Senate again? Yes, uh, unanimously. Oh, what? But I thought a bunch of people voted against him. Uh, 11 people voted against him. And it was because of they wanted to make sure that they didn't, that it was, it was on the record that the decision was not unanimous. But you just said it was unanimously he was voted on, on the floor. Oh, this so was they, the whipped, they, whipped, they whipped out when they had to get in front of public and say, uh, I'm the guy that doesn't like Rod Bray. Well, that could be part, but also too, it's sort of like, well, what would be the point? Well, if you don't think he'd be a good person to lead the position, why would you want to be on a record as saying I support whatever this guy does? I would say you probably made your point during caucus. Oh, I see. <laughs> yes, because it all happens behind the scenes, right, for the state lawmakers. Local lawmakers do that. You potentially uh, got a big problem on your hand. but uh, well, I found out about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so what uh, what came out of uh, Org Day? There was a, And there was a big event the day before Org Day, right? The Indiana Chamber. Yeah, this one did the legislative panel preview. So, oh, yes. so it's a couple days of state-related stuff. Isn't there stuff. something slightly... 
not slightly. Isn't there something wrong about the fact that the Indiana Chamber can come out and these there's like lawmakers at this thing, right, to say, here are our, our priorities. Well, why should the Indiana Chamber have any more sway than anybody else? You're just a, a group. But yet, they, they I think this shows the outsized influence this group has where they have their own day and there's lawmakers there. Well, no, I mean, the, the chamber does this. They've done this for, for years, number one. Number two, they represent the business community. The big business. Oh, I think there's some business oh, people who say they don't represent them. They, they represent a, a good chunk of the business community, just like the, the Indiana Manufacturer Association, Indiana car dealers. And the, and the chamber's always done sort of a, a legislative preview. Now, they always invite uh, the legislative leaders to show up, and they have like, like an hour-long panel discussion. Media's invited. Uh, membership is invited the whole nine yards. And they're sort of like, hey— you know, what about, you know, this This is what we think some of the issues are, any other issues out there. It's just a discussion is all it is. Yeah, but the vast majority of stuff is stuff they want, right? And by they, a lot of times it is the giganto business community, and that rarely ends well for regular people like me. Um, I, I, I respectfully disagree, but... We can we can have that argument around Christmas time. Oh, okay. Uh, so what what uh, what happened in Oregon? What is the big things? What are the things that are there that are on the radar that are going to be discussed in the upcoming legislative session? Well, obviously uh, it's a budget year, yes. so the budget's going to be a big deal. Uh, we'll have a better idea what the budget's going to look like after the December revenue forecast pops up in a couple of weeks. Uh, so there's that. Uh, there's the governor's health care uh, commission. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. So so explain to people what that is, because that, like almost every other panel, commission, summer study, whatever, has kind of gone under the radar for the public at large. Uh, the governor's uh, wanted to really improve Hoosier's health care. Hoosier's health care is horrible. I mean, obesity, diabetes, I mean, second, you know, lung cancer, you, you name it. Hoosier's overall have some serious health care issues. And so what the governor wanted to do was was tackle that. Because when you can lower healthcare costs, you lower business costs, you, you lower you lower a lot of costs, and a lot of it's just simply preventive maintenance. It's eat right and exercise. Well, that's a great point, right? Because you, for example, uh, as you have done it numerous times throughout uh, our friendship, you have lost a great deal of weight over the past six or seven months, right? Yeah, I lost dropped like twenty pounds, and, and, I, and I don't know how I did it because I don't have a tapeworm or anything. Well, but and I'm I mean, not sick. You didn't do it through some magic pill. You did it either through a mixture of exercise and dieting. And I mean, when I first met you you had you were on some sort of diet plan where you lost a whole bunch of weight so part of it is like commission this and panel that ultimately a lot of this stuff and the things you're laying out it's like does everyone not every case of lung cancer is because someone smoked but let's face it that's a big part of it right yeah. i mean at some point it's like you can panel this and commission that all you want people got to step up and accept responsibility for themselves and i and i think that's part of that's part of the part of the what the commission is going to be doing uh but at the end of the day though It'll cost about two forty a year, two hundred forty million. Um, Why? Why does it cost two hundred forty million dollars a year for me to say six million? Six, e six, six, eat right. Seven million. Seven million. Go to six, the gym. Seven, that seven, was free. Seven seven million people, ninety ninety two counties. Uh, a bunch, what, of, rec a bunch but, of recommendations. Uh, but 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 then lawmakers have said hey, we want to we want to take a look at it to see if there's a way we can do this maybe a little bit more cost efficient. So so that'll be a discussion. Also, uh, something I thought was uh, also uh, the governor's workforce. Uh, cabinet uh came up with their recommendations too and this is going to be interesting because uh speaker houston uh talked about sort of reinventing k-12 education here in indiana uh basically don't we do this like every three years we reinvent public education and it just looks a lot like it did before except there's more testing involved i don't, I don't think there's going to be testing a lot of testing with this one i, I really don't because i think indiana is at a point now where 
if you're going to track, say, like, you know, the big uh, big jobs, you know, here and here to, like, say, up near West Lafayette, near Purdue, then you have to have the workforce that can do the jobs. I mean, it's, it's that simple. And one thing Indiana does not have, Indiana does not have the workforce for all these high-wage, high-tech jobs. And so Indiana lawmakers are finally, finally, I think, going to address this seriously, not just not just sort of play around play play around the edges any, anymore. Okay, so the issue that we, we being you and me, have talked about on more than one occasion on this program, because, well, we're always ahead of the curve, is this property tax assessment, new property tax bills. Did that come up at all? Because it doesn't seem like anybody, at least ahead of yesterday, had talked about this at all publicly. Oh, well, guess who asked that question? Oh, very good. <laughs> By the way, I love the fact that I was on the Indiana Capitol Chronicle website and the photo they used <laughs> for the recap of the uh, org day, it was, you're right there in the center uh, asking a question. As well as it should Yes, be. I sent that to you and I said, this is uh, this seems about right. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. Uh, yeah, uh, we talked about uh, the property tax. I remember asked Speaker Bray and Senator Houston and, uh, and uh, Speaker Houston and Senator Bray, uh, what we're going to do about property taxes, we saw the assessments go up through the roof this past summer. That means higher property tax bills. And so what they're going to do, uh, Jeff Thompson and Ryan Mishler, we're going to look at it. Jeff Thompson, the head of uh-huh. Ways and Means, Ryan oh, Mishler, yeah. the head no, of very familiar. Appro- yeah. appropriations. Uh-huh. He's, he, I have the uh, the pleasure of him being my representative out there in Brownsburg and uh Anyway, go on. I thought, I thought Greg Sturwell was your No, rep. no, they've uh, they've carved that district up now to where I'm back with Thompson. I've been all over the place. In, in, uh, I've had uh, Thompson. I've had Sturwald. I've had Thompson. I'm all over the they – have, uh, they have done an outstanding job of carving the uh, greater Brownsburg area up to fit the needs of the incumbent slash Republican protection. I'm not sure. You, I thought Fred Glenn was your state rep for a while. Oh, no, no, no. Nowhere <laughs> near me. No, 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 no. I've got – what is there? Let's see uh, – and I don't know under the new map exactly, but Thompson is part of it. You got what is now Becky Cash is part of it. I think Sturwald still has. I don't know. Maybe they drew him out of Brownsburg altogether. But uh, they've done a fine job of sucking as many Republican votes for as many of these lawmakers as they possibly can. <laughs> All right. Score one for the good guys. Uh, go, go good guys. <laughs> sure. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, we asked about what are you going to do about, about property taxes? You know, the bills becoming due. And they're going to look at it. What they're going to do is. It's several things you got to uh, number one provide who's with property tax relief. Number two, uh, make sure local governments uh, aren't totally killed by uh, by property tax relief. And so those are sort of the two big things they're sort of negotiating. They're trying to figure out uh, right now. Like I said, we'll have a better idea of what it's going to look like once we get the revenue forecast uh, in, which will be in mid December. I have a question for you, and I'm okay. going to see if you can answer this question without spinning yourself like a top because that's what you do best, especially when your friends are involved. Why are we always concerned about local governments not being harmed or losing revenue? The premise of the tax caps to begin with was you people, you people being the local governments, you people primarily being the school corporations, are totally out of control and something must be done. And now it seems like everything t- we do, some, every time we do something with local government, well, we must make sure the local governments aren't harmed. They don't lose any revenue. It was not that long ago that we did property tax caps because these people were totally out of control. And now it seems like every time it's, let's make sure they're not impacted in any single way. Well, 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 well you got to remember that the premise behind property tax property tax caps was, was a couple of things. Number one, you had to go back to 2002 in the St. Joe case that basically sort of said, hey, any other way doing property taxes is wrong. You can't do it. Then it finally uh, ended up catching up. Uh, what happened with this case with property tax caps is the fact that uh, because of you know uh, inflation, supply chain issues, 
home assessments just went through the roof because there was there was a big demand but no no supply. We always kept talking about how your home value is going up and up and up, but you're not going to sell your home. Then what good does it does it do you? So this is the end result of basically of of supply and demand is is in a nutshell is what it is because your home value is worth more and so your assessments run now more and so now your property taxes are are more. So the question is, how do we provide you? And and this one, I, w- I will honestly say, local governments really didn't do anything to, to aggravate this one. No, but we're always concerned about them. When are people concerned about me? I'm concerned about you. Well, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Uh, it, I just always find that fascinating that that is the first thing, it seems like, out of these lawmakers' mouths every time it involves any sort of tax reform. Well, we want to make sure the government isn't harmed in any shape, form, or fashion. What about me? What about me being harmed in any shape, form, or fashion? I never hear those words come out of anybody's mouth. So, so that's where we are uh, right now with with property taxes. Like I said, it'll be interesting to see what happens in a couple weeks. I spoke to Jeff Thompson briefly uh-huh. uh, yesterday. Like, hey Jeff, like, hey, how's it going? Like, going great. You know, happy Thanksgiving. Looking forward to that to that budget forecast here and property tax relief. You guys, are like, yeah, I know. Do, do, is this a thing where because you've been around these guys long enough, where they're they have no idea what they're going to come up with, and boy, I guess maybe you know, like the cartoon, the light will go off over the head sometime <laughs> over Christmas. Or do they have some super, inevitably underwhelming plan that they'll be rolling out? Both. <laughs> how's that for how's that for nonstick? <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, Rob Kittle, Dula Kim Shabazz, the program of Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Talking about Org Day was yesterday at the Indiana State House. Oh, it, also, yes. uh, something else I asked. Uh, I asked the Speaker and the Senate President and got a rather in- got an answer I was not expecting. Because uh-huh. I asked about uh, legalized marijuana. Oh, yes. Uh, like So, like, hey, are there going to be any marijuana legalization bills mm-hmm. pop up? Is, is actually going to get a hearing? And the Speaker said, Maybe. Oh, and no, because normally he says it's not going to happen, right? And the Senate President said the exact same thing, uh, because I think there's been a now that now that we're through through the election mm-hmm. and they got a couple years to to really work through this, and they had a set of summer Senate committee on marijuana legalization. I think we may see some movement towards medical. Oh, good. Some some movement toward medical. Like, like it's still unclear exactly what they're going what they're going to do, but the fact that they didn't say no for the first time publicly. Seem, seem sort of open to the idea, and it was, it was sort of a a begrudging open to the idea. It's like, look, like you know what? Let's just do. We got to do something. The, Why? Like, but again, and I've asked you this question for a long time, and uh, I don't think you have an answer because there is no good answer. Which is overwhelmingly, people support at least, at the very least, medical marijuana. Other than there's a bunch of people who throw money at us who don't want this. What possible answer could there be? to not do this what 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 lawmakers will argue is they say they, they've spoken up to, to lawmakers in other states like colorado and other places that have legalized marijuana and while they do good on the tax revenue they say sort of the these the social costs are are greater are sometimes greater than what than the money you bring in what does example. that mean what is a social cost uh for example uh they'll say like driving like car accidents will, oh, will, will go up sure. but the the question is what the did the car accident go up because somebody was on marijuana or because they were something else? Because if you're just doing pot, you're only driving two miles an hour. <laughs> and medical marijuana wouldn't matter anyway because it's under a doctor's supervision. Exactly. So I think the 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 quote unquote. Uh, also, we got the federal government uh, doing their thing too, which some people say we well, should wait for the federal government. Blah blah. Like, well, it's funny. You don't want to wait for the federal government on other stuff. Yeah, so. good point. Right. So, like, no offense, but hi, a little, little consistency here. Yeah, good point. So, so it'll be interesting to see 
what happens with 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 marijuana. Uh, as, as I jokingly told uh, told the speaker, jokingly told the speaker yesterday, like, dude, if I want to try this, come by my house about eleven o'clock. Oh, oh. sure. <laughs> and he just died laughing. I've been in your house before. I <laughs> uh, didn't touch anything. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anything big come out of yesterday? Was there anything like, oh, I didn't see that on my radar. That's uh, very surprising that this will be a, an issue that they're really looking to address other than, as you said, potentially maybe m- marijuana. Uh, I know on the I know the abortion issue, they're going to put that on hold for a while, which I'm like, thank you. Because it, it it's, it's before the Supreme Court right now, and the Supreme Court's got to make a decision. Argument's going to be made in January. This is the Indiana Supreme in, Court. Indiana Supreme Court. So there's no point in... Bringing the subject up, we have no idea what the courts are going to say yet. So they'll probably wait for a court decision to come down before maybe tinkering with with legislation or maybe doing something with that. Is there anything out of Org Day that you said, wow, they're going to be really bold on this? No. Like I said, marijuana, maybe. But, I mean, that's not – maybe that's an issue that gets some people accepted. I mean, there's no really big – you know, tax reform. We're going to realter government. There, I mean, there, there's none of that. There's nothing that you would say. Wow, what a bunch of Republicans really leading on their party platform. Um, not not from yesterday, no. But then again, you you got to get a whole month to before lawmakers officially come in and start start yeah. the ball rolling. And so they'll probably start laying out their their more specific agendas. I would say either that that first week of January because they don't come back till January 9th at one thirty. Or maybe like the mid late December. Freedomfoodsindiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. Freedomfoodsindiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love freedomfoodsindiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. Freedomfoodsindiana.com Rob Kendall, Abdullah Keep Shabazz, the program of State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. All right, let's talk about some really juicy stuff. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you do- what are you doing? What are-, are you are you running? Are you not running? There's a Facebook page up asking you to run for mayor of Indianapolis. What's going on? What well, is happening? Well, right now there are three Democrats running. Yeah. Uh Joe Hawks. I'm not interested well, in them. Hold, hold I'm interested in you. Hold on for a second. Joe Hawks at the incumbent, Robin Shackelford, and now a gentleman by the name of Greg Merriweather. Who? His name is Greg Merriweather. He's a he's a uh, for lack of a better term, he's an advocate. Oh, a, a community advocate. There's always that one guy that has his signs in the right of way all over the place. Are we saying Merriweather might be the guy that I see a bunch of signs in the right of way? Maybe, but Merriweather hasn't voted in a primary since 2015, I think. So he could technically be deemed ineligible, perhaps, because isn't the rule you gotta? Well, no, no. The rule is uh, he's he's voted Democratic primaries. Oh. But he hasn't voted, period, oh. since like 2019. I thought the rule, the law, help me if I'm wrong on this, because I, they've, they've rigged this process so much now, the two the two traditional parties have, where you had to vote in back-to-back primaries or you could be kicked off the ballot for not being a whatever, Republican or Democrat I, I think or if you if you voted, you had to vote in that party's primary uh, for the last two cycles. Um if you if you voted like a previous primary, like say you voted Republican, like say in two thousand eleven, oh, yeah, but you switch over to Democrat, then you got to uh, vote in the Democratic primary, like the last two. Oh, but I could skip one. Yeah, like let's say this upcoming election, the uh, underachievers that are put forth on the Brownsburg Town Council for the municipal elections, none of them, uh, 
capture my imagination, I could just skip it, and then I'd still be a Republican in good standing. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I'm going to get that on record, so then if they try to use that against me, I'm going to say Abdul said it was fine. Yeah. Okay, now let's focus on you. What are you doing? What's going on? Uh, waiting for the, the the results were certified. I want to say they're certified yesterday. Uh, so once they once the certified results are out, I have to go through uh through the precincts because my my baseline is Ryan Mears and Cindy Carrasco. Yes, which makes sense. That's a Marion County election. Mar- Marion County election. Uh, Cindy got six thousand uh Democrats to switch over from straight ticket voting. So Mears only won by like twenty thousand votes and some change. So it's go through the precincts and see how much did. Mears win or how much does Cindy lose? If it's five points or less, then I know that precinct there's a shot. Uh, if it's more than five points, then why? Right. Why? Why? Why bother? Because twenty thousand votes—that's basically ten thousand people who you've got to, you've got to change their mind. Right. Right. That's not a new person in the process. That's that's ten thousand people that you got to see. So basically, half of Gainbridge Fieldhouse you got to convince to change their mind. Right. And then also too to keep in mind is in a, in a municipal election the numbers are much smaller than yeah. in the, than in the, than in the, yeah, than the midterm or, or in a general election. So it's probably more like 5. Yeah, that's a good point. 5 than 5 than 10, but once again it's, it's seeing what the seeing what the precinct numbers look like and then once I see what the precinct numbers look like I'll put together my PowerPoint presentation and go go sell all this to my lovely wife. So what is the case because I I look I, I used to think I had pretty good political instincts, but clearly I was way off on this uh, prosecutor's race. I thought Mears would win, but I thought it would be closer than it was, much closer. What's the case on crime if the guy who's in charge of crime doesn't get held accountable for the crime? Like, how do you, how do you, I'd be mean, curious as a candidate for, like, just in this case, mayor, how do you convince people you got to make a change because of crime when they just said for the guy who's in charge of crime, now nah, we're fine with that? Uh, you just asked a very simple question. Have you had enough? And I would assume you would like to know that answer uh, before you decide to embark on this little adventure for the next year. And we may do one more poll. Oh? May do, may do one more. So that's also part of the huh? e- equation, too. I mean, at some point here soon, you got to make a decision, right? I mean, yeah. Because but- doesn't the primary season begin jan- first of January? Uh, first, of, I want to say, I want to say, like, first of February, you got to. Uh, File your paperwork. Yeah, I want to be there when you file that paperwork. <laughs> I want to. I want to see it with my own eyes. Not that I wouldn't believe it if I could go to a government website and see it, but I want to see it. I want to see it for my own eyes. Yeah. And then also, uh, too, uh, my good friend Reverend Pastor James Jackson, who does Fervent Prayer Church over on Thirty uh, Eighth and Midhoffer, uh, he just filed. He's running as a Republican. Oh, so uh, so that's also something to take into account um, as well. Is do you want a congenial primary? Do you want a messy primary? Yeah. Does everybody just want to beat the hell out of each other? Right. And so so what comes along with the, with the general election? So so there are lots of things to, to keep in mind. I, I, I figured somebody would get in on the Republican side. I didn't think it would be Pastor Jackson, but it doesn't surprise me. Rob Kendall, Bill Keep Jabba's program is Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Okay, so I have a question for you. Um, and you may, I, you do not know I'm going to ask you this question. Uh, okay, so Indiana Capital Chronicle had a report on our old friend Diego Morales and that he has a transition team. Yes. Uh, and what is a transition team? A transition team are basically the team that uh, basically sort of when when a, when a lawmaker when a lawmaker get, when a, when a candidate gets selected into office, they have a, a they have a transition team to, to smooth the transition between the previous administration and the current administration. Uh. So usually they they get a list of hey here's who we want for chief of staff, who's we want for for press secretary. 
Here's what we want with this office, this office, this office, et cetera, et cetera. His list is out, and there are a lot of people on this list. Is it normally that many people on yeah. a list? Uh, that's a bit much for Secretary of State. If it's governor's office, then usually it's it's that much. If it's like the no, the mayor of Indianapolis, right. usually it's that much. Secretary of State, I thought I thought it was interesting, uh, particularly the fact that it's all Pence people. Yeah. Well, and, and Bob, well, I guess Bob Grand would be considered a Pence person too. It's Bob he? Grand. It's Jim Adderholt, who was chief of staff. Uh, uh, and, and a couple of the people whose names on, on yeah, the list. Judy Buck was in there. Yeah, Judy Buck was on there. Ed Simcox was in there, who was the first last Republican, one of the uh, Republican Secretary of State for like years ago. So I, I thought it was interesting that it's all it's all Pence folks in that on that list. And he ran against the establishment, and I'm going to take it to the establishment. And then the majority of people I saw on that list, I think we'd qualify them as, whether you were a Pence person or a Holga person or whoever, you are the establishment. Yes, you are. So if you were voting based on, well, Diego, he's really going to stick it to those rhinos. Mm, no, not really. <laughs> his, his, his rhinos just have two horns. We call them deer. <laughs> that's all that is. That's all that is. All that was. Also, um, there's a there's a uh, legal question about uh, Diego's voting yes. record. What's happening with that? Um, I know I know folks are looking at it. I had a conversation with an attorney uh, this past week and we're supposed to sit down after Thanksgiving because he says there's an explanation as to what Diego did. It was legal, but it's but it's a complicated legal answer. He said you can't just explain it in a in a 30 second soundbite. So after Thanksgiving, we're going to get together and talk about this. So hopefully I have something for you guys. Next week. Because Indiana Capital Chronicle did a big expose on this, and they said because of the, what do they call that, the law of limitations, statute of limitations, they, they allege you got five years to file the complaint against the guy for whatever he allegedly did. And so what are the Democrats? I would guess it'd be the Democrats. I don't know. Maybe it's the Libertarians. Maybe it's some Republicans who don't like him. Somebody's plotting how to file this complaint, right? I mean, they're not just going to let it go unchallenged. They're going to force the prosecutor in Hendricks County or Marion County or maybe both to, to look at this, right? I mean, they're just going to go, well, we missed the boat on that one. And I would not be surprised if it's done the day before the deadline, which is the May primary date. Really? Yeah, because because they got five years to file a complaint. He filed, he ran back in 2018. Right. So 18, 20, 22. Uh, so 23 would be five years. And so the May primary date would be when Diego voted uh, in Hendricks County uh, for Congress for himself. And so I would not be surprised if that week a complaint is filed. Okay, so I'm super interested on this. This attorney <laughs> that you talked to, is he saying, oh, this is definitely what Diego did, and here's the explanation, and it's complicated? Or is he saying, here's the explanation they're going to come up with because it don't look good? Um, what, uh, what, what sort of explanation were you getting? Well, we have, we have to sit down and actually kind of talk about it. He's saying that, yes, Diego did vote in Hendricks County. Like, oh, okay, yeah, we, we established that. Yes. He's saying that he didn't break the law, and here's why. But we're gonna he's going to tell me the why after Turkey Day. Oh, I see. It's like Nixon. I've got a strategy to get out of Vietnam, but you can't know what it is. Yeah. Now, my my, my lawyer friend is also a criminal defense attorney, so I'll take him at his, at his – where we've known each other for almost like 20, right. 20 million years and change. So it'll be interesting to see what his – what his legal defense is let's put it that way uh real quick before we go the uh gu gubernatorial race uh, by the way i guess we'll go with this this is about to be super interesting politics in this state right i mean because now the, the what we've said this for weeks and i, I thought it was definitely going to happen I, I thought it was 
think it's definitely going to happen now that he didn't get leadership. Banks is going to run for Senate, right? He's uh, uh, There was a story on either the Hill or Politico about Jim Banks running for for the U.S. Senate. Uh, he would run against Victoria Sparks. He may run for the U.S. Senate, so that opens up the third district. That's going to be a great primary. I'm excited about that. that. Two people I might actually like. That opens up the third district and the fifth district. And everybody, anybody who's not running, take a step forward. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And then uh, in the fifth, obviously, our friend Micah Beckwith. I could have a friend who's a congressman. Uh, Micah Beckwith, Scott Baldwin uh, may run. <laughs> uh, Scott Fadness may run. I mean, it's like, who's not running in uh, and, the, and then the gubernatorial race. Got about a minute left here. Uh, Eric Doden has already started running ads. Yeah, he's, he's running his digital uh, he's running his digital introduction ad. So he's running. Suzanne Crouch is running. Uh, Braun. Braun, more than likely, will be running. Hollingsworth, we're not sure if Hollingsworth is going to run for Congress or the U- or run for the Senate or uh, governor. So that's still kind of up in the air uh, right now. And then there's still the, what I call the TBA uh, candidates. Uh, we are thankful for you. We are thankful for your participation on this show. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? Absolutely nothing. Oh, <laughs> I thought you usually went to somebody's house and tried to keep to yourself. Uh, my wife is actually making Thanksgiving uh-huh. dinner. Oh, okay. Steak and chicken. Oh. We're not big turkey people. Okay, yeah. Just you guys? Yep, just us okay. and the dogs. And I thought you usually went to, like, family I'll, members. I'll, I'll, my brother lives not too far down the road, but, like, oh, dude, I'm just taking the, taking the taking the year off. Okay, well, we are, very, <laughs> we are very thankful for you and all that you do here on Statehouse Happenings. Hey, very thankful for you too, little brother. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com Rob Kendall, Abdul Kim Shabazz, the program of State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Don't forget, you can find Abdul on Twitter at A-T-T-Y-Abdul, at A-T-T-Y-Abdul, and be sure to bookmark his very fabulous website, IndiePolitics.org, IndiePolitics.org. Me, I'm on Twitter, at Rob M. Kendall, at Rob M. Kendall, and you can hear me weekdays, 9 until noon, the Kendall and Casey Show on 93.1 WIBC. For Abdul Hakim Shabazz, I'm Rob Kendall. Have a great Thanksgiving. You've been listening to Statehouse Happenings.